Break the Silence, Build the Future is an original podcast dedicated to amplifying the voices of survivors and advocates while shedding light on the pervasive issue of gender-based violence. Join us on a journey where survivors find strength in sharing their stories and experts offer profound insight. When we discuss the issues of violence against women and girls, domestic violence, intimate partner violence, gender-based violence, in all its names, what do you hear? You hear the numbers. You hear statistics. You hear 62 women had been the victims of femicide last year in Ontario. Three out of the four calls coming to the police are regarding domestic violence. Women who are in a violent relationship tend to return to that relationship on average 10 times, 20 times, 15 times before they finally leave. Women are at a greater risk after they leave a violent relationship. You hear those numbers, those statistics, those facts, those attention-grabbing headlines. And as soon as our attention goes elsewhere, we leave that behind and go to the next attention-grabbing story, next statistics, next set of numbers. But doing that, what do we leave behind? We leave behind a family with a gaping hole, a family with so much pain that it cannot be put into words. We leave behind fractured community. We leave behind children. We leave behind colleagues, friends, siblings, cousins, aunts, uncles, communities. And in that, we are forgetting the person behind the numbers, person behind those headlines. Each of those headlines, each of those numbers that made up in that statistics is a person, is a woman. So in today's episode, I am intentionally moving away from that moving away from statistics, attention-grabbing headlines, and decidedly will share with you who my daughter is and how she is my daughter before she is a victim. My daughter, Zahra Adam Bule, is the eldest of my five children. I became a single mother few weeks before her 13th birthday. From that day on, Zahra took it upon herself to help me with her siblings. Not because I was making her to do it, but because she saw that as her duty. She saw helping her family as part of her responsibility, even though as her mother, I never made it her responsibility. She would babysit, She would help cook. She would help clean without complaint, without concern. In fact, if I had to go to school for parent-teacher interviews or 
finished marking her report card and I was busy and she had a plan to go play with friends or go out to the movies with friends, she was more than happy to cancel that get-together so she could help her siblings with homework, with getting ready for bed, with uh, playing outside. She also loved, loved, loved cooking. Cooking for her siblings, cooking for me, cooking for whenever we had extended family visit. In fact, Zahra hated eating breakfast. I could count how many times I'd seen her eat breakfast food. If she was really hungry, she would say, I'm eating lunch for breakfast, and she might eat pasta. She didn't like the type of food we traditionally ate for breakfast. But on Saturday and Sunday mornings and on holidays, and when we had family visiting, you will see Zahra, even when she was 15, 16, 17, 18, 20, in the kitchen cooking one meal after another, three, four different kinds of breakfast food. Whenever there was a holiday, whether it was fasting in Ramadan or Eid or any of that or somebody's birthday, she will make these elaborate meals. Sometimes, this is well before internet, I didn't even know how she came up with recipes. She made up meals as she went. She loved nurturing people. She loved taking care of her family. Not only her family, she believed if you are a member of community, you needed to do your part. From the time she was old enough, she was a blood donor. She registered herself as an organ donor, which unfortunately she couldn't do. Uh, because of the way she was taken away from us. And she donated blood every time she could. From the day she was legally able to do, she donated blood regularly. I remember one time she went to the blood donor clinic and they checked and they told her her iron was low, was not in an acceptable level for her to donate blood. She came home and she started taking iron pills because she wanted to bring her iron level, acceptable level, fast enough so she could go back and donate blood. When recently, at the beginning of 2023, the clinic where we donated blood in our city was closed and it became just where you can donate plasma, she was irate. She was livid. If she told me once, she told me a hundred times. Why did they close the clinic? This is all about the mighty dollar. They just want to save money. They're not thinking about community safety. If we have a disaster, how are we going to be able to replenish our blood supply? She was so concerned. If she had $20 from the time she was 15 and 16 and working at the mall, earning a little bit of money, if she had $20 and somebody knocked at the door selling chocolates for this charity or that charity, she would give the $20. She wasn't one of those people that'll give two or three dollars. She'll say, they can use the $20 better than I can. They need it better than I do. That's how she thought about in school. If she ever saw a student being pushed out, people are not wanting to include this particular student, she would pull that student in. And if the others in the group did not want that student to be part of their play group, she would go and 
play with that one student, she absolutely recoiled against the idea of excluding one person or two people and making them feel that they do not belong. She always believed that we have to take care of each other and our society is only as good as its weakest person. If our weakest person is not taken care of, the society is not good. She didn't even have social media accounts because she felt it was just this desire to show off each other and to say, I have this, you don't have this, you don't have that. So she didn't have Snapchat. She didn't have TikTok. She didn't have Instagram. I used to tell her, you know, each time you look for work or you're trying to find a different job, people might look you up on social media and say, you're hiding something. There is nobody your age, not a young person like you without a social media. But she said, I don't have a social media. They just have to deal with it. I just don't. I don't want to be involved in this. Taking a picture of everything you do and nothing is left to the imagination and nothing is private anymore. If she saw a woman in the same situation she was in, she'd be the first to say, this woman needs to get out. And it's our job to help her to get out. Unfortunately, she couldn't see herself in that same situation. She loved, loved reading. One of her favorite books, favorite books, she had a lot of favorite books. One of her favorite books was Dostoevsky's The Brother is Kramazov. And her favorite quote was, what is hell? I maintain that it's the suffering of being unable to love. And my daughter loved fiercely and deeply. And she was loyal to a fault. Thank you for joining me. Please remember to listen, like, follow, subscribe, and share. And join me next week for another episode of the podcast, Break the Silence, Build the Future.